Welcome back, friends. I apologize for the radio silence from Halloween to the election. I was just hooked to the television, the horror before my eyes from real life to the lovely films that we've all come to love and enjoy. But uh, either way, Halloween, of course, wrapped up my 31 for 31 challenge and exceeded it. Of course, the election had me more terrified than any of those films put together. Um, there was a lot of red for a while, but uh, guys, I'm so happy Blue took over. Congrats to all my American listeners. Um, you know, it's it's just truly awesome. There's just no other words for it. But uh, this week, we are uh, totally going to jump the pond. Not in North America this time around. This week, we're going to jump over to Germany. Uh, 1931 to be exact, in a film that I was introduced to when I was 18 and taking this measly little film course, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, So without further ado, let's take a look at the film M. Now, typically this is when we listen to the trailer, and in 1931, they didn't have film trailers, <laughs> so uh, thank goodness for fan-made uh, content on YouTube. Uh, that's all I got to say. Do keep in mind, this is going to be in German, so we won't understand a lot of it, but the context is there nonetheless. Um, and uh, of course, hopefully you've already watched this film. But uh, either way, without further ado, let's take a quick listen. Du hast dabei einen schönen Ball. whistle. We'll totally dissect it here in a little bit. So, M, and uh, already, forgive my German, in states such in moodier. God, that was probably atrocious. But uh, anyways, M, a city searches for a murderer. 1931 
German thriller directed by Fritz Lang, starring Peter Lorre in his breakout role as Hans Beckert, a serial killer of children. There's really no other way to wrap it up. And uh, an example of what is known as a procedural drama. Uh, The film centers on the manhunt for the killer, conducted by both the police and our criminal underworld. So the screenplay was written by Lang and his wife, uh, Theo Thea von Harbo, and uh, was the director's first film with sound. So the film is riddled with cinematic innovations. This is, you know, cutting edge for its time. Uh, Use of long, fluid tracking shots. um, The musical... kind of motif that's set over form set over top of it um which is the whistle of the song in the hall of the mountain king um so damn creepy um and now deemed a timeless classic uh this is uh basically lang's magnum opus um you know it's considered one of the greatest films of all time even though at the time no one really enjoyed it. And uh, it is an indispensable influence on the modern crime thriller fiction drama. So our plot, I mean, it's a hunt for a murderer. And that opening scene, it gets me every time. The hunt, uh, him hunting for young Elsie. Um, and we start with that evil whistle. We know something bad's going to happen. Buys her the balloon from the the blind vendor. Um, the camera, of course, pans wrapping up very quickly here the camera pans to that empty spot at the table we see the balloon tangled in the telephone wires and her ball is shown rolling away across the grass all of the symbolism is for the young life lost um and it seemed that fritz lang knew more about building suspense and uh you know leaving it up to the audience and that is what truly for me is what makes horror because you are you're imagination is more terrifying than anything else and just imagining what's happening off screen oh god you don't want to uh but either way chaos breaks out in the streets um you know another kid's gone missing and everyone's on high alert and so essentially we kind of cut to this criminal underbelly and we see you know how their business kind of goes on and how things are being held up because of this manhunt so they vow to capture him and uh, we kind of have this back and forth between the cops investigation their you know hunt and of course uh, peter laurie himself we we see him you know acting out as as our criminal hans beckert and it's truly creepy terrifying shit <laughs> Eventually, we get to the point where Hans is caught, and uh, you know it's it, it's it seems that said uh, you'd think he would have been caught by someone who could see, for lack of a better word, but it was our blind vendor who would do the trick. He hears that infamous whistle. That whistle is what would undo our Hans Beckert, and uh, essentially he whispers to a friend that's the killer and they begin to trail him um, to avoid losing him they place Ed M in chalk on his back how of course you're gonna have to watch now uh, Han's new friend um, the little girl that he was kind of luring in if she notices the dirt on him and offers to clean it off and this is when he recognizes that he's being followed and totally tears ass off uh, screen either way he tries to hide but is of course found leading to one of the most dramatic scenes that I've ever personally witnessed. We have the kangaroo court. And Hans, you know, he finds himself in front of a large silent crowd, basically just awaiting him. Uh, and this ending brings up 
some interesting moral questions. There's truly no right or wrong answers here. So we have our kangaroo court and a child killer in front of a group of criminals, and they all want justice. So what does Hans do? He pleads to them. What right do you have to speak? Criminals. Perhaps you're even proud of yourselves, proud of being able to crack into safes or climb into buildings or cheat at cards. All of you, which it seems to me, you could just as easily give up. You had learned something of use, or if you had jobs, or if you weren't such lazy pigs. I cannot help myself. I have no control over the thing inside me, the fire, the voices, the torment. But what do they do with it? I mean, they're bad guys. He's bad. a bad guy. I mean, what is the definition of a bad guy? I'm not trying to defend Hans here. He's truly disgusting in my opinion. But it kind of brings down to who can serve justice at the end of the day. And uh, it's just one of those interesting sort of back and forths that I, I don't really know if Fritz meant to do that, but I'm sure he did. Uh, either way, it's a, it's truly one of the best endings in film, in my opinion. Now, M is a perfect example of the evolution of media and film. Fritz uses sound to emphasize the story. Uh, he explores the limits of sound, and he brings to life the images we're seeing. Um, before this, sound was only used in two different types of reason for film, essentially. Musical numbers, because you couldn't convey the point on a uh, talking title card, for lack of a better word. Or you just wanted to remove the title cards, which is basically what Fritz wanted here. We wanted to hear the voices of the actors and actresses. It makes it real. And for instance, my review here, the reading of uh, Hans's speech, just watched the scene because his performance is fucking astounding. It's un fucking believable. <clears throat> now, I'm sure some of you would argue that we're reading subtitles. Isn't that the same as the title cards? No. You're still hearing the essence of the words, the emotion that's being given. I mean, we start with the kids. They're singing, playing, it seems all well, but if we pay attention to what the kids are actually singing about, they're singing about a child murderer, and it totally gives us the vibe of the drama about to unfold and about to come. Through all these use of, of sound throughout this film, some of the best, in my opinion, is that whistle. It is the original Jaws theme. We know something bad's gonna happen, and you just, you don't know how or when that sound is off camera. We can't see it, and it just causes your blood pressure, your heart rate, all of it to skyrocket, and you just can't help but wonder what's gonna happen next. Now, that camera angle. It is truly a character all in itself. From that opening scene, the camera pans through the children, we move up the banister. It's just as if, you know, you're constantly being watched and you're watching. And it's the whole essence of this film, the whole meaning behind it. And, uh, you know, from we following from the one scene when we follow the little girl shopping until she finds her mother. You know, we hear the whistle off camera and the camera follows the young girl as if we are Hans's eye just following his prey. And it's these camera tricks, pans, etc., that truly revolutionized uh, film as we know it today and would be used again in such hits as Citizen Kane as well as Goodfellas. Now, that blind vendor who, you know, would seal Hans's fate, one thing I meant to mention earlier is, you know, it kind of shows the world, no matter what setbacks you were given, there you were still able to do some good. And, uh, you know, given his disability, 
are blind vendors able to overcome all of this and identify someone who no one saw coming? Of course, this film was years ahead of its time. Of course, changing the dynamics of the film and especially the true crime thriller. I mean, watching this, you could just, you feel essences of Seven and, uh, you know, Mindhunter, all of these classics that, as of late, are just absolutely wonderful, but it wouldn't be anything without M. Our wonderful cast, Hans Beckert, being played by Peter Lorre. This is Lorre's first major starring role and would end up boosting his career, but of course for the longest time. He would be typecasted as villains for years after. And um, of course Germany, shortly coming up, is a bit of a political issue, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And, and that being said, Peter would be able to escape the Nazis and, and their rule, and of course become a comedic actor in America and uh, learning English along the way. So truly incredible. I think uh, someone that would be fascinating to learn about all on his own. A mix of other huge German names from Otto Wernickel, as well as Gustav Rundgenins, um, two of which who apparently had worked in many years in the silent film industry and uh, would still be able to uh, continue their career long after M and into uh, under Nazi rule and then of course after uh, World War II. So Fritz Lang had decided before the creation of this film he's going to place an advert in the newspaper in the 30s saying that his next one would be about a murderer and uh specifically a child murderer and at this point he began receiving threatening letters in the mail and was also denied a studio space to shoot um when he confronted the studio why this was the case uh they informed him that they thought he was a member of the nazi party and the er, and that the, the party suspected that the film was meant to depict Nazis and, of course, being in a negative assumption. And um, this was totally incorrect. And then eventually they relented once they were told the, uh, the actual plot. M was shot in about six weeks uh, in the Stacken Zeppenhal studio just outside Berlin and uh, was made by Nero Films. And as I said, at no point did Lang show any acts of violence or death of children on screen. It was all meant to be suggested. Um, each individual member of the audience is left to create the gruesome details of the murder according to his or her personal imagination. All of this was inspired by uh, a few different serial killers, in fact, from Peter Curtin, the vampire of Dusseldorf, and... Uh, specifically this one in particular, but a few if we uh, get into Behind the Horror, which is a great, great horror true crime novel I recommend. Uh, check out my Instagram for more. But um, specifically Peter Curtin, the vampire of Dusseldorf, whose crimes took place in the 1920s. Um, really fascinating and creepy stuff. And you can feel Laurie's, you know, representation of it. It's, it's freaking terrifying when you start breaking this down. So it's fascinating. This film has been kind of retouched throughout the years. Of course, the original being aired in 1931. It wouldn't be until the 1960s where all of a sudden it would be kind of cut a little. We'd have the 98 uh, minute version from the original, which was 117 minutes and then being fully restored in the 2000s to bring us to a 109 minute version. Um, and so it's it's interesting way it kept kind of getting recut, but uh, the good news is that um, there is a original negative preserved at the Federal Film Archive. <clears throat> Initially, 
such as Variety reviewed the film saying it was a little too long without spoiling the effect. Um, even better cutting it could be done. There are a few repetitions and a few slow scenes. And uh, Graham Greene compared the film to looking through the eyepiece of a microscope through which the tangled mind is exposed, laid flat on the side, love and lust, nobility and preservity, hatred of itself and despair jumping at you from the jelly. Currently, this film holds 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and with a weighted average of about 9.24 out of 10. So if that doesn't seal the deal for you on watching this film outside of my review, uh, you really, really need to because it's just freaking fabulous. It's, it is truly one of the best films of all time and uh, in my opinion, probably one of the like top 100 films that need to be seen. <clears throat> And of course, Hollywood, when it comes to great films, have talked about remaking it. Um, there was a remake of the same name released in 1951, but uh, essentially trying to bring it over, it just didn't work. And Lang once, he'd been asked about doing an English version, and he said people have asked him why he does not remake M in English, but he has no reason to do that. You know, he's had had enough to say about the subject in the picture and uh, there's other things to say other things to do and other things to move on to and uh, I feel like that's dead on spot on perfect I mean you really can't can't change that so um in 2003 M was adapted for radio by Peter Strong Stronghan a broadcast on BBC Radio on February 2nd and a later rebroadcast on BBC Radio 4 on October 8th, 2006. Something I may just have to check out. I have yet to find that. Uh, So, but I think it'd be pretty fascinating. Either way, thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked what you heard. I mean, if you did, please leave a review, subscribe. All helps the scare of you in the future. And of course, if you want to see what antics I'm up to, want to just say hi, have maybe a little bit of a pointer for this gear view please head on over to my instagram or twitter and just definitely send me a message um guys this crazy world we're living in i hope you are doing well the good news is 2020 is almost over and it seems like things are lifting up getting better uh so uh you know let's stay on the positive let's let's roll with it um as always though guys you know the rule keep calm stay creepy